You are right. <laughs> yeah. My brain is moving at a snail pace. Oh, you're totally fine. everybody welcome to behind the books a podcast for writers by writers i'm larissa and i'm lj this week we're going to be talking about outlines and plotting we're going to talk about why we plot why it's important to plot the benefits of outlining and all kinds of fun stuff as well as what a lot of pantsers have to say about the entire shebang we think about some inputs from some of our other friends who kind of write a little differently than us and we talk about a little bit of fun stuff and our own whips and some potential whips coming up so as well as my substantial timeline for a five book series that i'm working on as well as a historical fiction whip that i have set aside it's crazy out here and some potential deaths in some of my series to come so we'll see how it goes you can follow us on Instagram at larissagalt.author and LJ underscore writes with two S's. Episodes contain profanity and mild and brief mentions of character death. Scary planters. Oh, they're so scary. scary. I I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. It's I mean I respect it, but I don't understand it. I respect the ability to just pull an entire novel like out of your ass. Like I really appreciate that art. Absolutely. It I it literally I don't know where I would be without having some sort of outline to literally tell me where it goes because my memory is so jack. I'd like to think of some super cool like plot point and then it would just be gone because I you know if I didn't write it down, it would be down. That's why I have like sticky notes everywhere is because I think of all that stuff and it's like I gotta write this down somewhere. So, you know, it they is have my respect. Absolutely. It is absolutely like absolutely. I just can't. Yeah. I I wish I could. Honestly, it might. I I love outlining and there is a lot of flexibility that comes with outlining, but sometimes I wish for that like spontane spontaneity? Spon- spontaneity. 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 That one. Um I wish for <laughs> that sometimes, but at the same like I said, I wouldn't be able to remember anything that I just come up on with the fly. So I I'm not gonna complain too much. See, there's an irony. In, you know, when you say plotting and outlining gives you freedom, but it's really, really true because once you know where everything goes, you can just fill in the blanks. For me, being spontaneous is something that I'm really, really good at. Like when I get the idea, sometimes I just write like 2000 words and whether or not I actually use it in the final draft is completely irrelevant. It's like getting to know your characters, getting to know all that. So I feel like I understand where pantsers are coming from because... Mm -hmm. It's that chaos. It's that spontaneity. It's that getting an idea for your characters and you don't know where it's going to go, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. I I get a lot more of those ideas and then I just never end up actually like writing them in a, a scene. So when I do, that's where that's where most of the vibe scenes come from, because then that's just a lot of a lot of that. But then most of the time it's an idea that I think of and it's super cool at the time. And then I add it up to the outline and then never actually do anything about it um, until I actually work on the real whip, real outline, all that stuff. And then it's just a note in there. But I, 
As much as I love plotting, I think I'm, I might have mentioned this already. I really need to start writing out of order. And I have not been able to do that yet. And it, is it is so much fun. It's it, it's mind blowing to me. I've actually been meaning to ask that. I know this is it's a little off track, but how how do you like write still in the same document if you're if you're if you're going to like write out of order or do you write it outside the document and bring it in later? For the entirety that I've been writing the Ivankov series, I have this Agent of Ivankov from Notes document and then I have each respective book with each respective draft. Gotcha. Right? And so for the longest time, all of the miscellaneous stuff where I wasn't quite sure where it went in terms of chapters or books, but I knew where it went in the timeline, I would put it in the notes document. And then gotcha. I did that with a lot of scenes that are in book two. And when I started to put together book two, I was like, oh, that goes there and that goes there. So that was really, really great. So however it works, then I love writing out of order. It's just so much fun. So Ivankov's the whole universe is a five book series. How the hell did you outline that? Like, is it is it all? Did you do all of it at once? Are you completely outlined through book five, or is it something kind of that just goes? Obviously, changes can be made along the way, but like, is it something that you've got at least a structure for all the way through, or like? Yeah. So minimum of five books at mm. least. I have more ideas rolling around. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Which is obviously top secret, but yeah, so most of the outlining I did while I was editing Breaking Free, clearly not the actual outlining for Breaking Free, but it took me four years to get a solid first book plot and to Mm. get it finished. Gotcha, gotcha. Especially when you're working on a series, guys, I cannot stress this enough. Keep a note or a notebook or a document that is super, super accessible. It's on, I have it on my phone for your timeline, especially, especially if you're doing historical fiction or fantasy, always attach important dates and important events to very clear times in your head and or on your notes. Because if you don't do that, you're going to get messed up, especially when you try to go write future things. If you want to write out of order and you don't know where it goes, then you're going to get lost. or You're not going to know the current plot details of what your characters know, which is super important. So, exactly. Yeah, I'm looking at my notebook here. I think I have like 30 pages of timeline and outlining stuff. Most of should. it is just like in detail timeline of breaking free so that I knew where I was going with everything. But a lot of it is just like random scenes that I thought of that as I'm looking at, they're no longer useful, like not at all. But it really benefited my writing to to come up with it and just to brainstorm. Absolutely. Which I think is such a vital part of plotting. It's the brainstorming that makes it fun. I have here a list of titles, like so, so many titles. Half of these I don't even recognize, which I already know book three's title. Um, Hence the acronym and why I have to black out the names of the document when I share it to my story. Um, I wrote the prologue of Breaking Free in this notebook for the very first time. Oh, very fun. And I wrote some prequel series and the very early drafts of my five series my five book series timeline had book three centered around a parker and time travel plot and i can tell you guys that because (gasps) it's no longer happening oh what a shame what a shame i think i would pay money to read that there is there is actually 
um, a fun timeline switch in the series, but sadly it is not time travel because I do not have the science fiction or fantasy background to do any of that. Oh, that's a mood. That's a mood. No, dude, I love timelines. Um, this is, in fact, audio, but, you know, I'm going to show Larissa on Zoom as much as I can. But I have my book here, and um, I don't know how much you can see it, but this, I have a full... That is a lot like of a, like scribbles. A, it is a lot of scribbles. And in my handwriting, yeah, it's a lot of scribbles. So I have, like, one of those, like, standard book-sized journals, and that's, like, my writing journal. If you watch any of my reels, it's that black book. That That's the black book is what I use. And so I've got a, a page spread across that. There's It's set up just like a typical timeline. It's all the way through. And I've got multiple colors. This was for when I was plotting Crossfire in real time. That I did so many outlines for Crossfire, it was absolutely ridiculous. So oh yeah, this gosh. was so this nostalgic. Was, this was it was yeah, I know so long ago. But I had like I had green <laughs> for Crossfire, red for Dart, and like so the specific actions yes. each of they each of them would took. I did um I did black for my villain at that point, and a couple other colors for some few things. I think I did like yellow for the government or whatever. Um, though classic they were yellow. very small, so classic yellow. Um, and it, it's it's quite literally like the entire page like it's a timeline format but i have notes going off all over the thing and those those weren't with specific dates but i had a different page for where those events would line up with a specific date because yeah I've done the same thing. I I need to have like a, a not only just like a, an event timeline, but a date timeline in my head because otherwise I'll go it'll be like I used to write um or I would, <laughs> when I was writing fan fiction before I started really being a plotter, I would, um, I would not plan out the timelines of all that stuff. And then I would have such weird time gaps where it would be like, it would seem like it was like three days, but it was actually like three months and I just never planned it out. So I had started out writing out on sticky notes. I think for one of the first fanfics that I wrote, um, I had, um, or had started to care about it. I took like a full page sticky note and was writing out all of the days and times and all that stuff. The and then it translated into plotting. Yeah, right. The fan fiction I will never name. So what a shame. What a shame. But um, no, so it's it's timelines have quite literally saved like half of my fan fictions and all of my stories. So it's they are they are probably the most important part of plotting to me. Like I love all of plotting, but the timelines have got to be the best part. Yeah. So I'm looking at the spread of my notebook right now and there are a gazillion titles. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And cover art ideas that I obviously have not used. I will never use half the titles that I'm seeing. I don't recognize. Um, yeah, I haven't used too many like uh, titles in mine, but I do have. I have a ton of notes. I've had. I have a few cover design ideas. I had some in like an old notebook where I used to write some stuff down, especially for Crossfire. I think the majority of my notebook is Crossfire, just because I had worked on it for so long. Um, but there are just there are just pages on pages of like solid black ink because I just write and write and write and all that stuff. And I think I have in this one book alone. I think I have four different outlined plots for crossfire because i was an indecisive bitch and could not decide decide on one <laughs> so that is hardcore it's it's, it's i a really mess. respect it 
I I wish I wish it was a little more organized and I like I obviously I use a lot of online stuff like currently I've been doing a lot of outlining online um, I use uh, what is it called use OneNote for majo- most of my stuff which has been super nice and super handy except I just a lot of times when I'm like in the mood of writing I can't get the same feel when it comes to typing it as it is writing it so I will I'll definitely type all of my whips but if I'm working on an idea I'll typically write it out first just because it's a lot easier and it's not necessarily faster because I'm kind of slow when it comes to my like handwriting and typing speeds so but I just I just need to like I need to feel it I need to feel the idea which sounds very strange but whatever but it makes it makes perfect sense though I I haven't been writing in my notebook for quite a while but honestly I don't miss it because it took me a long time to really flesh out ideas if I were to do it on my notebook. So, you know, no hate to anyone who writes exclusively with pens and pencils or on typewriters, but just computers are so much easier and so much oh, faster yeah. for me. I type all day oh, every yeah. day, so it's just easier. Same. Plus, I can't. The, the issue is my handwriting is bad that I can't read my own handwriting sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I was working on a um, I was working on a poem the other day and um, I there's a word in there that I was trying to type up that looks like one word. It is not that word, but I don't know what word it is because I, the letters don't make sense. And I don't know what I was writing, but Someone it's a needs thing. to translate your writing. They really do. I really do. And it, it, it should be me. Thing. It should be me, except I can't read it myself. So, oops, I guess. <laughs> That's too funny. I mean, I, I really understand what you're talking about with like the four or five different outlines, like completely different. Because when I was trying to figure out the timeline for post breaking free, it was it was it was so so chaotic i cannot even it took me so long because i was so indecisive about what i wanted to do with the story and i yeah. didn't know which characters that i wanted to kill off i didn't know who was going to be where i didn't know what romances were still going to be a thing parker had an entire love interest and i completely threw her away like it, she wasn't that great so you're not missing oh, out on much okay. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> And she has Besides, a replacement, a, but it's not a love interest replacement. Oh, man, I am a strong Parker and Sarvesh fan. I am a, a strong fan. A lot of people are. I, I definitely get that. Um, I love them. I love I love both of them equally, but I also love the idea yeah, of potentially they're, them. They're my boys. They're adorable. I love them. Um, but yeah, I will say being indecisive about a timeline is like the worst type of indecisive you can be. <laughs> oh, yes. It is oh, agonizing. Yes. And I always, whenever anybody asks me about plotting, a lot of the times Panthers ask me about plotting. They're like, how do you do this? How do you make sense of, you know, an entire book in a few pages i'm like okay don't be fooled i take multiple multiple pages to describe even like half of a book yeah timelines and series plots for a five book series have absolutely like messed me up so much it's it's really hard when you're so indecisive about plots like what you were talking about like four different outlines i applaud you because i think i've reached like two or three scrapped Mm -hmm. ones um but honestly 
it's the bigger picture that's more important to me. And so I had yeah. to get it right. I couldn't decide who I wanted to kill off, who I wanted to keep, who was doing what. Um, there's a child that comes in at some point. So I was like, okay, what oh. is, what, what happens with that? Like, is, is, is this the, is this the child that was in that one, that one AU that we worked on? Uh, no. Oh, okay, okay, no, okay. No, it's different. Oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. That would have been fun, though. <laughs> that would have been Man, a miracle. That would have been fun. It, it really would have. Hey, hey, you know, we were we were talking we were talking about character deaths last time. This so, is true. You know, anything this is, true. is possible. Anything is possible. This but. is true. <laughs> yeah, but like. I, because I was so indecisive about stuff, it really took me a long time to settle. I really was only locked into what happened in Breaking Free, but everything else, I could go anywhere I wanted with it. And mm-hmm. so it was really just a matter of taking it one step at a time. I feel like Panzer's their blanket response is, well, I get locked into stuff and then I just end up changing it and or it's too much to figure out all at once. And I have two responses to that. One, you can always change it. Don't think for a second that plotters never change their minds because I've probably oh, changed yeah. my mind more times than I can count. Oh, second, same. Oh, same. Second response and piece of advice is that you don't have to do it all at once. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think about any future series plot at all until I finished Breaking Free. And now, even now, I have changed my mind about book four and five, like a gazillion times, even after I finished book two and I'm working on book three. Like, you can keep changing your mind. You don't have to go super far out. As long as you know generic ends and beginnings, it's really, really easy to fill stuff in. Oh, absolutely. See, my big problem was I could never figure out an ending for the life of me. I would get stuff in the beginning. I would figure out, you know, other things, yada, yada, yada. I would get some random in the in the middle parts that would like, you know, meet up to something, but I wouldn't have a solid ending to get to. Which is where I think I went wrong with Crossfire, because I had so many things I wanted to hit to in the beginning, in the middle, and the end, or not, and the end, because I didn't have an end for Crossfire. That was the issue. Um, And so every time I tried to rewrite a new outline, all those four outlines that tried to get there, there wasn't a solid ending that would actually hold them together, which is why I think I had to go through four, and there were definitely more, but four at least in one book that just didn't work. And it wasn't until I think I actually started it was it was RTB that I retribution that I had started using. It's 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 called like the seven point story structure, um, and it's it's kind of like it's like the 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 three one like the three act or the the typical like you know in exposition climax, yeah, rising yeah. action, falling action. It's that I think it whole goes, same deal. I think it goes exposition, inciting incident. Um, then there's something else that's called like the build up and then there's a climax and then there's the resolution and then there's the end. Yeah, it, it, it has a lot of those same type of, same type of like points. Just the thing that they work on is that it's written in a different order, which is what helped me. The, the whole idea behind the seven point story structure is that there are those like same type of points 
it's just written in a different order. So they have the same type of, you have the hook for the intro, you have the midpoint, you have the resolution as like the three big ones. You have some like little ones in between, which are essentially the rising and falling action, except they're just written out of order, which really helped me who was writing them, trying to write from, trying to outline from beginning to end, but then never have an ending. So the whole point with the seven point story structure is that you start with the resolution, which was mind blowing to me. But I never thought you could start out with, you know, outlining the end of the story. But it ended up saving me because that's exactly I knew for once I had figured out where I wanted RTB to end. And so then you kind of just work backwards from there. So you start you work with the resolution and then you kick back and go directly to the hook at the beginning. So then by the time you're done outlining with that, you've got the ending and you've got the beginning and then that's it. And then you go and work in the midpoint. So then that's the main climax, the main part of the story, whatever the climax is. As I always forget, like the technical definition of what a climax is. But um, it's the point basically where all the tension, you know, has risen so much that one final thing happens and it snaps and gotcha. things just take off. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I like know that, but I never know how to verbalize that. And then after fair, you write the fair. midpoint, that's yeah, that's as a writer does. <laughs> um, after you have the midpoint, you've got these four other things. They're called plot turn one and plot turn two, and then pinch one and pinch two. And those are different points that go throughout the thing. I think like the plot turns, the plot turns are right after. Are right before and after the midpoint, and then you work in, and then it's the pinch, the midpoint, and second pinch, or something like that. I'd have to find the actual diagram. I didn't pull it up when I was looking at this, but I have to find the diagram. But they all like, they essentially work inward. Um, and that's, and it's super nice because that's where like, like the first plot turn is where the inciting incident is. So that's like in the beginning, but then the second pinch is like that last conflict point right before the resolution where like right before they figure it all out. And so that is a very, very whack explanation of it, but it, it's just it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, having you can like look it up too. There's it's definitely a website. I don't remember what website it is. It's like Readsy or something. Readsy, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, they yeah, have like a them. gorgeous explanation of it. That's how I found it. Like that's how I used it. Um, and so they have like the graph and everything out. And it's it's honestly it's been so helpful. I've only used it for RTB currently, but um, I'm working on it for Mystery Whip right now. Um, and. And that is, it is, it's just, it's such a help having an ending in mind and then being able to work backwards, especially someone who was so indecisive on what the ending was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that really comes into play with knowing your weaknesses and then how to fix them. Mm -hmm. Like you were just talking about how you could never figure out the ending for the life of you. And you've worked on Crossfire for who knows how many years. And now you're working on a different whip and you're trying to figure out how to end it. And you're like, okay what? And so once you figured out that one weakness, everything else started to like fall into place. Pantsers, their weakness, if you want to put it that way, could be plotting. You don't have to fix it, quote unquote. You can just do what you want. That's the whole beauty of writing. But you have to consider the strengths that it could turn into. Um, what it, what's there's there's a quote on that somewhere. It's like using your weaknesses yeah, sure. or like your greatest weakness is your best strength or something. I don't remember yeah, what yeah. it is now. But. Once you best utilize, you know, what you're good at, you can just excel so far. But if you know what you're bad at and you fix it, 
like mm-hmm. imagine Oof. the potential. Oof. It's just so, so much fun. That's what I did with doing such a gigantic outline because Mm -hmm. as much as everybody thinks I'm a hardcore plotter I did not start out like that I really hated plotting and I finally got into it before I actually started writing Breaking Free but also the very rough drafts of it kind of served as my outline gotcha which is super helpful a lot of people say their first draft is just the outline and if that's what you do I'm all for it because I I definitely know the strengths of that I used to do that but I was never really good at doing a huge outline until I got to the point where I had to, to figure out where I was going to go. You know, I had to figure out how the ending worked, the ending of the series worked into the ending of Breaking Free. For the longest time, I didn't know how the series was going to end. You Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't believe me if I told you I didn't know until I was almost done with book two. Oh, okay. It took me a while, so... But conversely, I knew how book three was going to end before I Mm. ever finished Breaking Free. Gotcha. So, I mean, knowing the end, keeping the end in mind has always been super helpful for me, too, because you can work backwards from it. You can work inwards, like you put it. It's like, you know, your characters are going to end up. You know what they're going to be like when they get there. You know that. But also in a five book series, book three, I wanted the end of that to be the final climax. Mm. I wanted the rest of the entirety of book four to be dependent on what happened at the end of book three and for book five for it to all come to fruition, which is why I'm doing a cool timeline switcheroo in book four. Gotcha. And, um, but I wanted it to be such a focus, but I had to figure out how to get there. Yeah. And so the entirety of book two, the only thing I was keeping in mind was how am I going to set this up? Or the end of the next book, which feels crazy. But once you have that bigger picture, you can do so many things. You can foreshadow, which is like one of my favorite things in the whole world. Ooh, foreshadowing. You know? Ooh, if you don't it. know where you're going to go, you can't tell your readers where you're going to go. It's D- not rocket really science. Like, yeah. <laughs> once mm-hmm. you figure out where you're going to go, you always have to be two steps ahead. Exactly. And so outlining is like the easiest cheat, the easiest way to get there. Oh, yeah. Is to take that two steps ahead by knowing what's going to happen before your readers find out. It seems like really elementary advice, but I promise you, it's going to save everything. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, and and using an outline prevents me from just... (laughs) This is going to sound silly, but (laughs) it prevents me from just spending time with my characters. It forces me (gasps) to actually use a plot. That's such a mood. That's... Oh, my you God. Know, because my characters bring me so much joy. I love them to death, even though quite literally it is to their death. <laughs> I just, which is funny. You can laugh. You can laugh. I'm going to cry. No, I'm going to cry. <laughs> you can cry or laugh. Um, <laughs> but like. I do a lot of deleted scenes, if you will, or vibe scenes. Like, I probably have at least a whole novel's worth As of you deleted scenes from both of my books so far. The, Absolutely. The number will only increase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who knows if I'll actually do anything with them, but having an outline and having a timeline allows me to work in the stuff that I can salvage, but I also know when to scrap the stuff that doesn't make sense. Gotcha. And, like I said, 
if I could just spend all day with my characters and just write things that are completely self-indulgent, like, that's awesome. But you can't have an entire novel. Exactly. Based off of your characters. Characters over plot, yes. But you need something. And so my outline forces me to use one where I need one. There's nothing wrong with having chapters that don't, quote-unquote, serve a point. Absolutely. It advances the story because your readers get to know your characters better. You don't always have to have a plot influence. Yeah. But you have to come back to it at some point, especially Mm -hmm. with series. So that's my favorite thing about outlines is that it forces me to be a good writer. (laughs) Be a good writer. It forces me. Forces you. Oh, God. I guess I have to be a good writer today. Oh, oh, man. I have no natural talent whatsoever, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think I've ever thought about it that way because a lot of my my whips are pretty much just purely vibes at this point. Um, And not vibe scenes. Like, I wish they were all vibe scenes, but a lot of them are vibe scenes. But, like, the idea, the entire concept behind them are just vibes. Like, I don't have a great idea for what Aftershock is going to look like. I don't have a great idea on what Nuclear is going to look like. Me dropping all of my whip names right now. But um, it's like, I don't... you do know a lot of plot devices for those, though. I do, yeah. You know that Nuclear is going to center on... You know, the four of them. Yeah, my four, my four little babies, my four little babies. I love them. And so, yeah, characters are going to be the main focus. But I'm like, all all I have are the vibes of the whip right now. I know it's going to be superhero related. I know it's going to be found family. That's going to be like the central trope. But besides that, all I have are characters. So I'm really good on the character department. But the outline department is where I'm lacking right now. And I know I won't have a whip until I work on that outline. Until I figure out what direction mm. I want to go to them, all that whip is going to be is characters. And that's, like you said, it's not a bad thing, but it's not a story. Um, it's, right, it's, right. I could just I could write about those characters all day long and I could give them like, you know, a dumb little story like, you know, hey, they went to the thing and here's this thing in the house and then they had this conversation. But that's not that's not like that's and that's if that's somebody's idea for a story. Absolutely. As you should. But there's so much more that can be done with them. That's not just purely character based that will have a plot thing, a plot thing, a plot device. But I just need to I need to get the outline done to get that and then we're not even going to talk about how that's like way in the future because I don't want to I don't even want to think about giving up on my babies right now so not giving up but finalizing my babies right now so yeah no and I think what you're describing is exactly what a lot of pantsers run into I'm not going to put words in their mouth but I will say this don't get offended pantsers if you're (laughs) listening to this we love you pantsers I've noticed I've noticed a very high correlation between people who have a lot of whips, a lot of unfinished whips, and people who don't plan those whips. Mm-hmm. This is not a stab at Lonnie because she just got done talking about how many whips she has. This is not a stab. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you're not intending to finish them right now. That's different. Yeah. But if yeah. a lot of but a lot of pantsers that I've observed or that I've talked to, right? Um they haven't fleshed out the ideas in order to finish a story, but yet they keep hacking at it and they keep trying. And then they're confused on why it's not working out. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I that think, makes sense. I think outlines or at least an end, you know, to your story, mm-hmm. that's like, that's the most fundamental part. That's a cornerstone in building yeah. a story, like a beginning and an end and a middle. Like, you have to have something to work off of Absolutely. in order to get it finished. And you know? the, the great things about outlines is that there's not one set way to do it. The way that you outline is not the same way that I outline. And the Correct. way I outline is not going to be the same thing. And so when we say that, like, pantsers, that, you know, outlining is a good thing, we're not talking about you don't have to write down. Like, I have a lot of written down, but that's just how I work with outlining. And so it's not like you need a, like, 15,000 word document, 25 pages. Like, you need all of this set, this set things or yeah. this specific way you need to find a way that works for you that's the entire point of writing it's writing for you how you want to do it so there's there's a difference between somebody telling you to outline and being like hey you need to outline this way you need to write out these exact points and have it all figured out right here and somebody saying hey, you should probably have an idea of what direction you want to go, which is they're both outlining. Obviously, the somebody telling you how to outline is not a good way of doing it, but they are both having, like, I think, like, you just, just said, having a idea for an, a beginning, an idea for a midpoint, an idea for a solution is the same amount of outlining, quote-unquote, as me with my 15-page document. Like, exactly. they're both outlining. There's no, there's no outlining that's bigger or better. So there's, there's, it could, it's a little, it's a little alienating sometimes even when you use just a term or like when we use the terms plotter and pantsers which I still yeah. love them though because yeah, there is right. very much there can be a difference but I think at some fundamental level everybody does outline it's just the amount of outlining that goes yeah. into it so yeah, you're right. I you're right it's it really depends so it's like yeah, you know, I'm a plotter, you're a plotter, somebody else could be a pantser, like somebody's a planter, you know, it's, they're, they're all the fun names and all that stuff, but I think at some point, everybody needs some level of outlining, and it, 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 it it's different for everybody. It's not going to look the same for everybody, so I definitely don't agree. let anybody tell you that you need 15 pages to have an outline, because you don't. Gosh, Sometimes no. it's just, you just need a sentence, or a paragraph, or a <laughs> word. You need 50. I don't know. And sometimes <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, it's different for everyone, but there's got to be something there. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of other people, you know, bragging on some friends of mine, two people that immediately came to mind are Paris Kaufman and Joseph Ellis. Now, Mm -hmm. both of them, I've talked to both of them about pantsing, right? I did a post, I think, about one time getting people's opinions. And the two of them were very, very vocal, very, very helpful. And I essentially gleaned two things from them. One, their first draft is their outline, which I was like, okay, never thought of that before. Yeah, that's interesting. By keeping track of literally every single detail about their characters or locations or because they both write fantasy, their worlds, their languages, their animals, that Mm -hmm. was a form of outlining that allowed them to understand the world that they worked in and therefore the story through that lens huh okay outlining doesn't even need to be a beginning and end in the middle although you still need those things right Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just as quote-unquote easy because i know doing a first draft is never easy but sometimes it's as simple as just sitting down at your laptop or your notebook or whatever and just word vomiting oh like however short your quote-unquote book has to be 
or you want it to be. Mm-hmm. That's your first draft. That's your outline. Then you just go from there and it works. Yeah. I've read Paris's yeah. book, even when it was in its very, very rough draft. And it was, it was one of the most well-developed stories I've ever read. And I literally texted her. I was like, how did you not plot this thing within an inch of his life? <laughs> She was like, I have no idea. And I was like, teach me your ways. And mm-hmm. she's going to have a trilogy out. Um, mm-hmm. Book two actually is right around the corner. And Joseph, he did Shadow Sight, I think, in the summer of 2022. I, th- I think it. I think so. I yeah. think the summer. Right. But um, it was. Yeah, it was right, before, moved it on was right to, before school. So, yeah. 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 I, he's moved on to other fantasy universes and stuff. Which are just the coolest thing to hear about because he's so detailed oh, yeah. with his characters and with the world Absolutely. and with the places and the names. And so in a way, that's his version of outlining. You know, Paris has her version of outlining. Mm-hmm. You could have something completely different than either Lonnie or I or Paris or Joseph or anybody else. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. Like you said, it's like you find what you want to do and it works and you stick to it. Once you find mm-hmm. out what you're good at, expand, but don't like shift gears altogether. You know, work Absolutely. where you work best. I like that. Work where you work best. I think that's nice. I'm just full of wisdom today. As you should be. I'm here for that. I'll take that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're welcome. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Or a sticker, maybe. Maybe a sticker. I'll do a sticker and stick it on my stick it on my my journal. That'll be good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of how it is with being a writer. You know, we gotta adapt to a lot of different stuff and a lot of different things. And like we said, nobody's going to be the same. Nobody's gonna put out two same exact stories. And the way they make those stories right. will not will not be the same way either. So it's 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 mess. It's a mess, but it's a lovely mess because it's our own messes, it's and we get to mess. figure out. It's a beautiful mess. We get to figure out how to sort it out if we sort it out. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we'll do it completely in different piles, and sometimes it's just two big piles. Beginning right. And end. Right. And the beautiful thing about outlining is that you also don't have to do it by yourself. Like, oh, absolutely. you can ask other people for their opinions. I can't tell you how many times Lonnie has told me spoilers about her own mm-hmm. whips in order to yeah. just like, OK, what do you think this is going to happen? And I'm like, I like both. And so then she gets to decide or yeah. one has strengths. Another has strengths and one has, you know, no weaknesses. And the other mm-hmm. one only has one or two. But its strengths far outweigh, you know. Yeah. Like when I was figuring out the universe timeline for Ivankov, there was these few characters I was going to kill. We talked about that last month. And mm-hmm. MC literally jolted me out of it. She was like, how <laughs> are you going to do this? And I literally, one day I texted her like six or seven minutes worth, like in voice mm-hmm. messages. Yeah. Of all my thoughts, all my outline. And she goes, I'm going to have to take a minute <laughs> to reply yeah. to this. Um, yeah. You're a genius, but also, how dare you? <laughs> and so she set me straight. And that's really great because even when you start outlining, you can make mistakes. You can make wrong character decisions. And that's completely okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why you have to learn. Yeah, I think I've spoiled my whip a few too many times. Or any of my whips, all of my whips a few too many times. But all You've of kept good secrets about some of them from me, though. Some of them, yeah. And I don't I know who's going to die a lot of time. in Aftershock yet. Mm-hmm. I still That's if someone dies in Aftershock. Yeah, if I, I have a feeling somebody will. That would be fun. That would be fun. I won't lie. That would be fun. Did um, I just give you an idea? 
Not necessarily. Oh, I've no. I've thought of I've thought of things a few times, but I also I also yeah I don't have any great super well ideas. Um, the last last episode we talked about that one fourth death that I remembered, which has I think almost been finalized because it is too good of an idea to pass up. So may have to mayhaps, but um. And I think I think a, a fun uh, uh, um, another part with like getting ideas from people is just the amount of people that I've gotten ideas from because I because so I don't remember when I started talking to you about nuclear. Um, that was a while ago. It's it was a while ago, but you were definitely not the first person. Um, Mara, they were technically the first person I think to ever hear about nuclear. Um, and they were also a very big Le- Levi Saya fan. Um, we love that. We love that. Winning for couple. That. But um, actually, I need to remind me, they made me a playlist for them the other day, too. I forgot to. I always forgot. I kind of, not that I forget that it exists, but it's on my Spotify, and I don't use Spotify that often. So it's it's kind of, it's. I only see it when I go up on Spotify, which I need to, uh, I need to show you that one, too. But, um, but yeah, so. Yeah, you do. Uh, Mara. Mar- absolutely mara was like number one champion for nuclear and then obviously i've been talking about it with you now and so i've had lots of ideas for nuclear with mara and then i've had lots of ideas for nuclear with you and like crossfire i talked about it with margaret for like 15 years or not 15 years obviously that's not a thing but i talked about lots of ideas with margaret beforehand and before that it was um they were one of the first people I ever shared any any crossfire ideas with. But the ideas that I shared with Kat then and when I was outlining then are totally different than <laughs> what I was working on when I stopped working on crossfire. So it's insane. And getting other people's opinions is one of the best thing that we can do. I, I love it. I'm a fan of it. I definitely agree. But for to those of you who either haven't been writing for a long time or, you know, you haven't really reached out to your friends about your ideas, be careful not to get too many people's opinions mm-hmm. because then you're going to start to second guess yourself, especially if they disagree with a lot of your ideas that you really, 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 really love. Yeah. Right. There are, you can adore your friends. You can adore them. But some ideas that they have will be different than what your story needs. And you have to be able to tell them that, yes, Mm -hmm. but also tell yourself that. Absolutely. And keep in mind, you know, keep your original story, keep true to yourself and keep true to what you want to do with the story, especially if it's a series and you're early on and there's something to do with deaths, there's something to do with plot devices or whatever. You have to be careful not to get too many cooks in the kitchen Mm. And, you know, to keep it not pure, that's not the right word, but to keep it true to what you want to do. Absolutely. You know, there will um, there will be a healthy balance somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. Of yeah getting yeah. other yeah. people's opinions and still staying true to your own. Like you said, there will be yeah, a balance is. and you'll just have to find where that line is. Right. It's IMC is probably the only person that I've dumped that much information on in one sitting. Um, and she'll probably be the last. Yeah. You know, it's. And I've told a lot of stuff about my stories to Lonnie, but her feedback is far more genuine when she reads it as it comes. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate that. And so that's why I don't tell her spoilers. I tell other people yeah. spoilers because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know the the impact, you know, she can really tell me what my readers as a b- broad variety, as a broad audience are going to think. 
Mm-hmm. And that's her strength. MC's strength is telling me when to not kill off a character. So that's and that's ve- both are very important. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they are yeah. both they both do you a great service. You guys are just gonna hate the day that I decide to do a Shakespearean tragedy. And mm. if you thought Ivan Cobb's death toll was bad, I have news for you. I am scared for all of your other whips. And I will do them. it someday. I have a 1920s. <gasps> You're doing it with that one? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. No. Which I think I think out of all of my whips, which I don't have many, I do confess. That's the one you know the most about before I've actually written it. Because I only I'm have like cry. less than 5k words written. I, I'm gonna cry. No. No, I mean I'm I'm so here for it. I'm so here for it, but I'm also gonna gonna. It's cry. gonna hurt. So, it's gonna hurt. Even it's, if it's the fun. two main characters it's survive, fun. I think just about everybody else. Oh God. Okay. It's so fine. you're it's welcome. Fine. I'll survive. You're welcome. Okay. I mean, you gotta keep in yeah. mind genres too when you're sharing because yeah, you you don't have a ton of historical fiction things. But I feel like you really appreciate the drama of a 1920s gangster. Oh, oh, I'm I'm <laughs> all for I'm all for 1920s gangster. I'm Which is why here I told you about it. it. And I have yes. a different I have a different idea, which is probably the only fantasy story that I'm ever going to do in my entire life, mm-hmm. um, except for like maybe one thing. But it's essentially I want to do like a twist on the Little Mermaid and Ursula origins, but from Ursula's Ooh. point of view, and go way, way, way back. Ooh. And so I talked to Danny about it because her book is entirely about mermaids and pirates. So I was like, Love I gotta tell her this. Love it. Anyway, that's I'm my little, those are my little plans. Man, those are, that's a, that's a out of the plans. blue writing update, I guess. So we'll yeah, see. I don't know we'll when I'll pick those up, up, if ever, but yeah, yeah, I've got five books to to work through at least. That's going to that's quite a through. bit. But hey, you've got your outline to keep you going. So I do, I do. That'll be good. And whenever I work on another novel, I'll eventually have an outline in there somewhere. So in the seven point w- structure. Seven point story structure. Woo woo woo. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can give us a follow over on Twitter at BNHD, the books pod, behind without the vowels, for live updates and contact with us. And you can rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you want to support me on Instagram, you can find me at larissagault.author and my books and links at www.larissagaultauthor.com. And you can find me on Instagram at LJ underscore writes with two S's. This podcast is hosted by Larissa Galt and LJ Elizabeth, edited by LJ Elizabeth with music by Larissa Galt. Logo is designed by Susan Markloff.